often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 524. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox Penthouse. Ah, yes. I just uh, been watching a good chunk of the day. The Taylor Hawkins tribute concert over there in Wembley Stadium. Wrapped up, I guess, a couple of hours ago now, but uh, uh, I it was about it was right around six hours long. Uh, the video of it on YouTube, at least six something hours. They had some solid performances, solid stuff. I got, I got a little choked up on some parts. There's uh, Taylor Hawkins' kid playing the drums. One of the last Foo Fighter songs, "My Hero." The end, man. That fucking kid. That kid is something else. He was fucking tearing it up. Uh, as I can't t- <laughs> type, trying to see what uh, I'm not sure what his son's name. Uh, his fucking kid. What? Uh, yeah, does he have more than one? Let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> he has more than one kid, I think. But there was several people with the last name Hawkins at the show playing stuff. I'm not. I know that uh, on my hero, his son definitely played. And fuck, that kid was kid was tearing it up, dude, tearing it up. As Dave Grohl said before he got on stage, that he thinks <laughs> is the person he's never seen anybody hit the drums harder <laughs> than him. And he's man, that kid was. Just fucking living the dream. Uh, fucking shit. They had a lot of legends out there, though. Fucking, of course, uh, Taylor Hawkins fucking loved Queen. And uh, <clears throat> he, uh, of course, played several times with Brian May and Roger Taylor. And uh, Bri- uh, Brian May's mentioned on like Instagram and stuff and how uh, close they'd become. <clears throat> and of course, they uh, they played some songs out there and they were uh, pretty good tonight. And uh, <clears throat> they had Paul McCart, Sir Paul McCartney. It was like they really brought out the royalty for Wembley Stadium. I'm quite curious to see what the lineup's going to be at the L.A. show near the end of the month compared to the Wembley Stadium. I imagine they're going to have a lot more of the big-time American rockers uh, at the L.A. Uh, I don't remember what venue they're playing in L.A. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, they wheeled out the fucking carpet for uh, British talent. I mean, there was a lot of American uh, acts that were a big-time and fucking Canadian. They had Rush, Getty Lee, and... Uh, Alex Lifeson, as uh, <coughs> they had played with Taylor before as well, as uh, of course Taylor's big fan of just a lot of the classic rockers, like uh, <coughs> huge fan of course of Queen, which I mentioned already. But I mean, he played, he sang uh, "Under Pressure" a lot 
at Foo Fighter shows. I've never been to a concert, but man, I've watched a lot of Foo Fighter concerts on the YouTubes. <laughs> As uh, I watched live, I don't remember if it was on YouTube or what. It might have been back when I, I knew I, I feel like I, it was back when I had cable. So, you know, over a decade ago when uh, Foo Fighters played Wembley Stadium their first time. Which is a tight show. I watched that shit on a live stream. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of fucking, uh, legends out there. Joe Walsh played with the, the, his old, uh, band, the James gang. And, uh, <clears throat> Brian Johnson came out and, uh, sang, and I thought, of course, he's from ACDC. Fucking ACDC is. <laughs> Mr. Dave Grohl had uh, mentioned it. He went out there and played uh, with them. And I thought he he wasn't really doing shows anymore because I know he's got, like, severe hear, hearing loss and stuff. So I was surprised to see Brian Johnson out there. And uh, Lars played drums on that one. Of course, Lars Ulrich, if, <laughs> if I have to really be specific from Metallic, I imagine there's not a whole lot of Larses out there. Unless maybe we're from, like, Sweden or something, or uh, Finland. I don't know. I feel like somewhere in Scandinavia, there's probably a lot of Larses. Probably a lot of Lars. I don't know. I, I've <laughs> I'm not familiar. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, damn it. I'm trying to still trying to look at the list of Taylor's kids. Um, yeah, here we go. Just give me the fucking list. There we go. As uh, damn it, no, just give me. Yeah, yeah, I can't quite get. They just won't list off his fucking kids. God damn you, internet! You fucking you bastards! As I didn't <laughs> bring this shit up beforehand. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I guess Oliver. Oliver Hawkins is the one that played, <clears throat> I guess, at the uh, Oliver Shane Hawkins, which I believe he goes by Shane. Don't quote me on that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, his uh, his son Oliver or Shane, whatever whatever he goes by, was definitely killing it. At uh, at the show, um, <clears throat> there at the end, fucking nailed it, dude. The fucking my hero, as a uh, Nandy Bushnell. She's a big YouTuber. She's, I don't, I don't think she's quite a teenager yet, but she, of course, challenged Dave Grohl famously to a drum off on the uh, YouTube, and uh, of course he uh, followed suit. And uh, she's, fuck, man, she's uh, really uh, improved a lot. She's been, uh, she did like a drum workshop with uh, Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. And there was somebody else, another big drummer. Like they were, <coughs> did some kind of workshop with her. But she's played the, I don't know, the Queen's Jubilee, whatever the fuck that was. The last big celebration for the Queen, the mo- you know, the monarchy. They like to throw big parties. But, uh she played for that like big big events and but she had played with the Foo Fighters when Taylor Hawkins was still among us um she got to play with them 
for at least one show. Like she came out during a song. I don't remember what song it was. <clears throat> but of course tonight at Wembley Stadium, since she is British, she she fucking killed it on the drums too. But I think Taylor's son probably <laughs> I mean there was some fire in that kid. As uh <clears throat> just fucking nailed it, man. Fucking nailed it. Um <clears throat> but uh oh fucking shit, like uh talking about uh children of theirs. Uh Violet Grohl. Um, I think she got it performed a few times. I only saw the I guess the last performance she did there. Um but damn, her voice she's been on stage with uh, the Foo Fighters and just Dave Grohl uh many a times. I've seen videos of her at a quite a young age getting up performing and I guess I hadn't seen her in a while and she uh Man it's pretty crazy to see <laughs> to see these people that I, you know, grew up watching these musicians and shit and then seeing them, you know, disappear and, you know, die off and, or just, you know, get old. And then they have children that are adults now or, or close to it with, uh, seeing as uh, Taylor's son is not an adult yet. Um, but, uh, it's cool to see them, you know, carrying on the legacy as it is. Uh, but, uh, Speaking of the people that were at the Taylor Hawkins show, the first uh, people to open it up, of course, uh, the Foo Fighters came out um, and talked a bit about Taylor. Because uh, I caught it in after a couple of hours. I first got it in. I slept in a lot today. <laughs> but uh, that and I didn't realize it was today was the concert. Uh, but <laughs> when I opened YouTube up first thing today, I was like, oh shit, fucking Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. Hell yeah, check this out. And uh, it was already to them crooked vultures, which fuck yeah. I didn't wasn't sure I was ever going to see those guys perform again. Whereas that's uh, Josh Hame from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Of course, front in the band with Mr. John Paul motherfucking Jones of Led Zeppelin on bass and one Mr. Dave Grohl on drums. Which throughout the concert, I believe Dave Grohl was out there for every fucking act playing something. He played drums, he played bass, he played guitar, sang a little, you know. He uh, He's probably really fucking tired right now. <laughs> for like going for like six hours. Son of a bitch. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, since he was off, uh, he hadn't played a Foo Fighters show since Taylor died, that he, he saved up his energy for this. Um, but, you know, he's getting up there. He's got to be pushing 60. <clears throat> this is old, old girl. Um, still still uh, performing strong, though. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool seeing them Crooked Vultures. I, man, it would be great to see them put out another album. That one album they put out, I really enjoyed that. But uh, Josh Hame's looking fucking old, too. He's got to be getting up there. He looked... Uh, He's put on some weight and he just he looks old. <laughs> like, damn it. Uh it's not good for me to realize those people are old and realize like fuck, I'm getting old too. I'm fucking <laughs> fucking old. Uh but the what I was going to get to is the uh after the Foo Fighters, you know, said a lot about Taylor, you know, kind of, you know, set the uh uh, concert off with you know uh, remembering t- 
Taylor and talking about, you know, how great of a person he was and all that shit. Um, the first people to play, of course, were the Foo Fighters, but they had Liam Gallagher of Oasis on vocals. And, of course, I mean, they were playing to the home crowd there at Wembley since, uh, you know, Oasis is a huge band. And, of course, in England, they're uh, as British as, I guess, Earl Grey T. <laughs> and uh, I've been going down like a... Oasis loophole the last uh, you know I don't know four or five days as uh, man fucking Gibson is really killing me here with a, with some of these fucking instruments they're putting out like I am gonna make some more bad decisions I think <laughs> it's uh I'm not a huge Oasis fan I like a lot of their music but I'm not like a huge I'm like I'm no diehard Oasis fan um but uh, Gibson slash Epiphone um, just released two guitars. They put out a Gibson custom shop model of uh, Noel Gallagher's, I guess, main guitar, which uh, is like ten grand. I'm not. I <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm buying that fucking guitar. And uh, to be honest, it's got a Bigsby on it, which is uh, basically like Gibson's version of a whammy bar. And I'm not crazy about Bigsby's. Don't 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 really like them. I've never used one, but they look atrocious to me. <laughs> I'm not real big on using whammy bars anyway, so a Bigsby seems kind of pointless. But holy shit, the Epiphone model they put out for Mr. Noel Gallagher is the uh, version guitar there, uh, the Epiphone Riviera, which he used. If you watch the music video for Oasis's. Uh, don't look back in anger. And man, it's a fucking beautiful guitar. It's this dark red wine color. Um and oh wow. It is it is beautiful. I've always loved semi hollow guitars and fully hollow. Um I've really thought about potentially getting a Epiphone Casino. So that's uh those of course were Really made famous. I think the first band to really make that famous were the uh, Beatles. If you watch the Beatles, get back on uh, Disney Plus, or if you just pull up uh, the Beatles rooftop concert, you'll see Mr. John Lennon playing his uh, Epiphone Casino. That I believe originally when he got it was a a burst of some sort, um, but then he had taken the finish off, and then it was like natural. Uh, most of the time he owned it. And by the time they were recording Let It Be, um, it was that natural finish. And uh, something about some somebody had told them, and because I, I believe several of them actually owned an Epiphone Casino, which that one's actually a fully hollow guitar. And I think, no, I was going to say maybe they have P90. No, I don't think they have P90s. I forgot what pickups they have. Anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> The Beatles played a lot of their uh, later stuff on the Epiphone casinos, and uh, especially the song Get Back. And just uh, seeing John on that rooftop playing that casino, that's fucking nice. Um, I've always wanted a bigger hollow body guitar like that. I've got the Les Paul that's semi-hollow, much like this Epiphone Riviera and stuff. Where the semi-hollow, it's got like a solid block of wood running through the middle of the guitar, and then it's hollow on the sides. 
whereas the uh, casino it's just fully hollow on the inside um so you get a lot of a lot of resonating so you know you can play that acoustically and it sounds fine and also you know plug it in uh it can be a bit of an issue though like with my L- les paul semi hollow um using a lot i have a very high gain pickup very hot pickup in there in the uh in the bridge and man <laughs> you can get some feedback <laughs> out of that fucker but uh, damn, the sustain is something else uh, because of that fucking hollowness in there. Um, but it adds some challenges to playing, I think, some heavier tones. Uh, I can only imagine when I get, if if and when I ever <laughs> get that goddamn Adam Jones Les Paul, that uh, it'll probably sound better on there with uh, since they have more of a, closer pickup of course that pickup should be more be like mr adam jones's one but my pickup i have in my current lp is pretty fucking hot is uh i can get quite a bit of gain in that bitch um <laughs> but uh back to this riviera man uh, i've always wanted to get a fucking guitar like this like a also a fan of the uh, gibson es335 which is another semi hollow guitar and uh, also think of like uh, like BB uh, King. His Lucille was like a, I don't I don't think it was an ES three thirty five, but it was similar to that. I mean, it's very wide guitar, and uh, guitars like this are often are uh, they say are far more comfortable to play when you're sitting down because they fit the contours of your body better, and <laughs> that alone seems pretty exciting for me to get something like that. And this Riviera, man, on the back of it, they have, it is all round and shit. It looks fucking fantastic. And, uh, I believe the, uh, I believe, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> the tones you can get, I mean, if you want to rock some Beatles and stuff, if you use this Riviera, you're going to get a lot of similar tones. Oasis was known for, you know, using that classic British sound with their guitars and amps. They used a lot of semi hollow, fully hollow guitars and such. Um, but yeah, they put this out. I'm like, motherfucker. Thankfully, nobody has it in stock, so I haven't made <laughs> a terrible decision yet in pulling out the credit card again. Um, but uh, I do have an alert <laughs> for whenever it comes into stock on Musician's Friend. I'm hoping that if and when I ever get this goddamn Adam Jones guitar, uh, I'll be able to also get this. And by because whenever. If and when, of course, that guitar <laughs> it becomes mine, <laughs> I should get quite a few uh, reward points on Musician's Friend. And I want to take those reward points and take a couple hundred dollars off this uh, Noel Gallagher, Gallagher Epiphone here, uh, Riviera. Because it's $900, which isn't... Of course, it's not an American-made Epiphone. Um, if it was, it'd be a several grand. That's a reason, too, why I don't have a Gibson ES-335. I don't have three or four grand <laughs> laying around. Um, but uh, $900 is, like, not horrible. And if I could take a couple hundred off that, you know, that'd be fucking, fucking great. I could maybe live with it a little bit better. <laughs> but, uh, man, this thing's even got a fucking volute on the back, on the uh, on the headstock. Which you don't see that on a whole lot of Gibson or Epiphones these days. That was a thing in the 70s, Gibson uh, Les Pauls. 
which is the Adam Jones, Gibson Les Paul standard and the custom both have volutes because they are, of course, his uh, the one they modeled it off was a '79 Les Paul, and they uh, that was the New Orleans, New Orleans area uh, era Les Pauls. <laughs> Um, they made in uh, Nashville, and uh, there's one in Nashville and one in Memphis. The plants I forgot which is which. One's the custom shop, one's the USA. Uh, Gibson, like the standard lines. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but damn, this thing is fucking great. And this has led me down to this oasis fucking <laughs> rabbit hole as I've been going through. Uh, I'd. I'd always uh, known, you know, quite a bit about Oasis. You know, I came of age in the 90s. Um, So I was born in 81. So by the time 91 rolled around, I was 10. (laughs) Oasis came out in like 94. So I would have been like a teenager at this point when they they, uh, first came to town. It was like 94 or so. Maybe 93. But I was like perfect age. To like really get into it. I mean, that's that's about the time I was really getting into music and really listening to a lot of stuff. I started playing guitar like at 15. Uh, and so a lot of those 90s bands, um, <coughs> uh, I listened to a lot. As uh, whenever uh, What's the Story Morning Glory came out, I was like 95, 96, something, somewhere around in there. Uh, Shelly had that on CD and uh, my parents had this old uh, stereo that uh, <laughs> once it became a little old I guess it, it made its way through uh, Shelly and myself I think I may have had it for a while I don't recall but uh, listen to I would listen to the, uh, What's the Story Morning Glory on this old stereo. And the, the, the thing about the stereo was we were so astonished and mesmerized when this thing was fucking brand new. It was like in the 80s, I guess. My parents had originally bought it. And it, with the remote on the stereo, we were so amazed by the volume knob on it, that knob that would light up. And when you turn the volume up or down, it would turn the knob on the stereo. We just thought that was the coolest fucking thing. That the, It was like, you know, a ghost was moving it. <laughs> it's like, we don't even have to touch it. It spins on its own. <laughs> Eventually, the mechanism inside that made it turn, though, stopped working. So, and I mean, we constantly were playing with the fucking volume just to watch it spin. And, uh, but I remember listening to like champagne supernova and don't look back in anger and stuff while I'm like reading X-Men comics and everything. It's just so nineties to me. It just brings back memories. I had this fucking, uh, waterbed at the time and had that playing on the, on the stereo sitting in the waterbed, reading fucking X-Men comics, listening to Oasis brings me back. But, uh, (laughs) I always thought it was funny, just the shit that went on between the Gallagher brothers. That is Noel and uh, Liam Gallagher, of course. The Liam being the lead singer. Noel, the guitar player, who does some of the vocals. He did, uh, of course, Don't Look Back in Anger and uh, a few other ones. Whereas uh, <laughs> Liam was just the, uh, the, the lead singer. Noel wrote pretty much all the music. And uh, <laughs> the, 
the fights between those two are so fucking legendary. So legendary. Of course, uh, the if you ever watch the old 90s MTV show Celebrity Deathmatch, they had a great one uh, featuring the Gallagher brothers. And, of course, Gallagher, the comedian that smashes watermelons, came out and I believe smashed their heads in the end. <laughs> Something to that effect. Um, as a uh, ho- holy shit, man, I've been going back and watching like old Oasis footage and real remembering just how big of an asshole Liam Gallagher is, which, uh, I could understand why Noel never wants to see him again or perform with him again. As, uh, he seems to be the one stopping Oasis from uh, returning to any stage or recording anything in the future. As, uh, but, wow, man. Like, there was, uh, back when MTV, uh, Unplugged started, of course, back in the 90s, Oasis was, uh, going to do a show. And, uh, I guess this would have been, like, after the time they put out What's the Story Morning Glory. So we're looking at, like, mid to late 90s. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> apparently Liam was on, like, a three or four day bender <laughs> as he was. When he was showing up to rehearsals, like he was every day, he was in the same clothes and just looked more and more not clean, shall we say, greasy <laughs> as each day progressed. And he would only like perform a song or two and then he would like point his throat, yeah, my throat hurts. And then uh, I guess go back and medicate himself some more with some more alcohol. As, of course, the day of the show happened and uh of course he was saying leading up and she's like i'm just gonna save my voice for the performance you know so <laughs> as the the day came he decided like uh he didn't show up to the stage and then he just goes up and sits in the balcony of this uh theater where uh, oasis is performing then proceeds of course uh during the practices like when liam would leave fucking noel would just you know, sing all the songs. I mean, he wrote the damn song, so he knows the fucking lyrics. So uh, he performed all the songs pretty much during the rehearsals. And then come come time for the show, uh, Liam doesn't show up and just hides out up in the fucking balcony <laughs> of the theater. And uh, so Noel has to do all the, the fucking singing and shit for the show on this live broadcast. And this was a fairly big show. This was probably a big deal for them i mean they were already huge band at that point like if it went poorly it wasn't going to hurt them but i mean a lot of people were gonna see this (laughs) yes he fucking uh of course he's drunk and uh i believe he's there with his his wife i don't know if he, he was married to her yet at this point but uh i don't remember her name off the top of my head but they're up there watching the shows he's drinking more and then during the show, he's fucking heckling Noel <laughs> during this live broad. Well, no, I don't think it wasn't a live. It was pre-taped. But he's heckling him from uh, up, this, up top. And then uh, the producers, I guess, decided they were going to redo, uh, play one of the songs again. Like maybe Wonderwall, one of them. And then they uh, took a little bit of a break, told everybody to stay there and everything and the the audience is like calling down to Noel or no sorry they're calling up to Liam <laughs> and then eventually he comes down like yeah I'm gonna sing this one with him 
but I guess at that point he was so drunk that uh, they were like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but that's like not even like the craziest thing. I mean, during when they recorded What's the Story, Morning Glory, that album, of course, Noel was back at the uh, recording studio um, working, trying to record this shit. And uh, meanwhile, Liam's out at the, the pub, local pub, getting trashed. And he invites like half the fucking pub to come back with him to the recording studio. And uh, Liam wasn't happy about it when they started, came back and started a real ruckus. And then he took a, Liam, uh, Noel took a uh, fucking cricket bat and hit Liam upside the head with it. <laughs> And then it was like the sh- the band's promoters or somebody took the cricket bat and then auctioned it off. That was <laughs> like, here we go. This is rock and roll history right here, guys. You want a bat that hit Liam Gallagher upside the head? Fucking, I bet it went for a lot. I'm willing to bet. Some, some Oasis fan probably paid a fortune for that fucking cricket bat. I hope it had some of Liam's blood still on it. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Uh, but this this kind of shit just like was happened all the time with those fellas as uh, both of them are uh, big into the the alcohol and such. I think Liam, at least publicly, seems to have, be more of a, have more of a problem with it. But there was famously a show that they performed at the Whiskey A Go-Go where every single band member, I believe, I think, believe it was the whole band, was uh, fucked up on crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> you can find that whole show on YouTube as well. But apparently when shit really came to a head uh, was when Liam's wife left him. Like they were doing two shows at Wembley Stadium and I guess in between the two shows she took all this shit out of the house. She took everything and like left him just a couple of things in the house. And he got real fucking drunk. <laughs> when they went up and did the last show at Wembley Stadium. And, uh, man, uh, there's a YouTuber. I, I don't know the name, his name. I'd really have to go on a deep dive to find this. But uh, he's put out all kinds of fucking Oasis videos. And uh, he goes in-depth on that concert, like plays clips of it. And it's like a 45-minute video. <laughs> as I'm glad I didn't watch the whole concert because, man, it, w- it would have been rough as uh, – Liam has no real interest in singing properly during this show. Like he's ranting the whole time and uh, bitching at the audience, calling them out at times and uh, bitching about how much it costs for the show. (laughs) Bitching about his, his wife that just left him like the whole show. He's doing that pretty much. Apparently there was only like one or two songs where he actually like one song particularly where he pretty much sang it how he should (laughs) have. Then there was most songs like he made up words to or would purposely omit a lot of words. He would start to sing a verse and then just stop. (laughs) Like the whole time you can tell like Noel's just getting so annoyed. And then, you know, thankfully there was a couple songs that Noel did by himself, uh, the vocals that, uh, that were fine, (laughs) but I can't imagine going to a massive show at Wembley stadium. You know, this is a huge, huge fucking show. There's a, that is a massive stadium. Uh, 
let's see here. How many seats are in uh, Wembley Stadium? Uh, Bush Stadium. <laughs> it knows where I'm at. It, Google is going by. 90,000. Wembley Stadium seats 90,000 people. So there was... <laughs> as uh, Good God, man. That's a lot of fucking people. As... I don't know that during the Oasis show there was quite 90,000, but I mean, holy fucking shit. There was a sea of people in there. I'm sure they probably had that place packed. Um, as holy fucking shit. You watch the footage and there's just a fuck ton of people, man. I can't imagine being a dick and not performing, purposely not performing right <laughs> to a crowd of around 90,000. I don't know how a, a fucking riot didn't break out, you know? Um, but uh, <laughs> that's a crazy one if you find footage of that. Those fuckers. Uh, I, and uh, speaking of, like, the Foo Fighters from earlier, going back to that, Dave and Taylor were really pushing hard for uh, Oasis to get back together. They're apparently good friends with Liam. And really, really pushing Noel. Like, they were trying to start a petition online for people to sign to get Oasis back together. And apparently, Noel Gallagher did not appreciate that. And uh, a couple of times on uh, on stage, called that out. He said he wanted to start a petition to get the the Foo Fighters to split up. And no, I'm not suggesting that there was a conspiracy that maybe Noel Gallagher is behind Taylor Hawkins' death. I am not saying that. Definitely not. Uh, he just really wanted them to to shut the fuck up, <laughs> but uh, they were obviously uh, Dave and Taylor on Liam. They're Liam, Team Liam. Uh, I gotta say, I I'm more of Team Noel as uh, even though he, <sighs> history has shown that he's not the nicest guy either, <laughs> but I can I can really uh, understand him a little bit better. I mean. Uh, it, to this day, like, Liam still, like, attacks Noel. Like, uh, he goes on Twitter rants all the time on Noel. And uh, apparently he's, like, fucking sent ignorant messages to uh, Noel's daughter and everything on, like, uh, WhatsApp. As uh, <laughs> her mom is, like, post, uh, posted, like, screenshots of the shit that he sent their daughter and everything. Because he's talked all kinds of shit on uh Noel's wife blames uh, her for the reason why Oasis won't get back together and everything, which Noel says is bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, apparently the big rift, too, that, like, one of the big rifts that led to him saying, fuck you, I- I'm done with Liam, uh, was uh, Liam uh, had said, I guess, his daughter wasn't really his, that his Noel's daughter wasn't really his, said, and... uh he didn't appreciate that. <laughs> and then, like, the the final straw was, like, uh, Liam going after Noel with uh, one of his guitars and then destroying the guitar. <clears throat> but, uh, as, oh, man, I got <laughs> Oasis just music just going on repeat in my head. <clears throat> that being said, though, uh, <laughs> Liam wasn't too bad at, uh, <laughs> at the <laughs> concert for Taylor there. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to hang out with a guy. 
I mean, Jesus, I'm pretty sure he still drinks a lot. I'd be nervous about being like a promoter for like a, any kind of show and uh, booking Liam Gallagher for that. I mean, it seems like a real crapshoot. <laughs> Though I don't think he's like purposely fucked up any shows in a long time. He's a bit of a wild card, <laughs> that one. But man, it is comically uh, funny, uh, you know, uh, their relationship. Like, I mean, those... I don't know that I've ever known two brothers to hate each other more than uh, Noel and Liam Gallagher. They never really say much about their other brother, Paul. I think both of them like Paul. Like, they both get along with Paul, <laughs> from what I understand. But Noel and Liam, they just fucking... They're, they're oil and vinegar, man. Or, yeah, or oil and water, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they do not They do not mix well. Um but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, damn it. I might end up fucking getting that guitar. <laughs> I get that alert. It, it's going to be hard not to get that. I mean, it's a fucking great guitar. Uh, just hopefully nobody decides to break that guitar. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't see Shelly and I ever get into a fight like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember shit getting violent since like we were children. It wasn't like insanely violent. There wasn't. I don't remember there being insane violence. I mean, of course we got we tussled a bit, but I don't recall there ever being any Gallagher esque fighting between the two of us. We are very different in a lot of ways, and uh, at times don't get along in certain certain things. But for the most part, I mean, we we have a lot. I think we have more in common than we don't. <laughs> but. Uh, we never had quite the civil sibling rivalry quite like uh, the Gallagher's, <laughs> which makes me think of the comedian Gallagher and his brother Gallagher. <laughs> uh, I fucking uh, just just thinking of that celebrity death match and everything now. It's fucking. Uh, I do feel bad for I mean, I don't feel real bad for Noel. But, I mean, it seems that, you know, he's the professional one that's tried to, uh, you know, appease the fans and everything the whole time. And then you got this fucking Liam over here. <laughs> Sometimes one is, wants to do his job. Other times, eh, I'm just going to be a fucking... This is what being a rock star is. Just be a dick. <laughs> but at the end of the day, would Oasis have been as big as they are if... You know, he if they weren't known for just the craziness, like I don't know, would they have? I mean, the the antics that they they put on really kept them in the the papers, as it were. A lot of publicity, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, when you watch these concerts over in England, like the uh, Hawkins tribute there. Like everybody there knows all the words to Oasis songs. It's <laughs> like there was the uh, <clears throat> fucking uh, after the terror attacks in Manchester, they had the big concert there um, and Liam performed there and everybody's sing along there as well. And uh, <laughs> I mean, fucking Oasis is huge there. 
I mean, they're huge here as well, but not, I mean, in England, that's, I feel like in England, you have to know all the words to Oasis songs. I would imagine still Beatles songs. That's still like a must. I mean, that's, sh- should be, maybe not as much now, but I would think still kind of thing. A queen, if you don't know, like, it's probably part of the citizenship test. If you go to England, you, to become a citizen, you have to know the words to all Oasis songs, all Queen songs, and all the Beatles songs. And at least a couple Rolling Stone songs. I'd say them all, but, you know, there's a lot of fucking Rolling Stone songs. Well, there's a lot of Beatles songs, too, but... <laughs> but you definitely... I mean, you you have to be able to sing along to these things when if, if and when you're stuck in the middle of Wembley Stadium. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are just things that uh, you, part of the citizenship test, and you have to have fucked up teeth, I think, as well. That's that's kind of a thing, which is another thing that's kind of funny to me about <laughs> the Gallagher brothers, is that uh, Liam's constantly giving shit to Noel, calling him basically the ugly one. You're the fucking u- well, he's straight up called ugly before, but he calls him potato a lot, and a lot of t- on Twitter he's constantly posting pictures of Noel calling him potato. <laughs> But uh, Liam, he's not really a looker any, either. I mean, I guess he might be better looking than Noel. Maybe at least in the early days. Definitely not now. <laughs> but it's like, I guess maybe you're hot for a British guy that came in, up through a, the working class. I mean, these guys are from a rough area, which would explain why, you know, they're not pretty boys. But it's just fucking hilarious to me that he's calling his brother ugly. <laughs> Like a fucking, I, you know, I'm not going to say, I mean, I did just say they're both ugly, but <laughs> I'm not the greatest looking guy either. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny calling them potato. Uh, uh, their look was always kind of weird. I mean, it was definitely Beatles inspired. It's sort of a bowl cut. Not really. That was the thing that kind of bothered me early on is their haircuts. Like it was just. And it was really kind of the weird on their back. They would let it curl up a little bit. That's just kind of fucking weird. (laughs) (sighs) But apparently I'm going to be buying one of Noel's signature guitars. So I guess I need to learn how to play a couple of Oasis songs. But I don't think they're terribly difficult for the most part. I mean, I definitely, I would imagine, I guess have to play Don't Look Back in Anger is that one is... Probably the biggest one with Noel doing the vo- vocals on it. Uh, but I guess that's... <laughs> I've had my fill of Oasis for tonight. I'm going to try to wash that from my brain a little bit. As, uh, man, I, I'm i not in the podcast room, per se. Well, the music room. as a, It's more of a music room at this point. But uh, I did, of course, just... Uh, I did a few things, but I got like uh, been working on that room a little bit. And before I, I did the work on the room, I got uh, I ordered my Jeff Burton Legend T-shirt. As last week I, I had mentioned this, but uh, the the fellows over there at the Rizzuto show, of course, are uh, doing a a drive a charity thing to uh, raise money to help Bur- uh, Jeff Burton's family. Of course, Jeff Burton. Uh, Fortunately, passed away, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now. And, uh, <clears throat> fucking, fucking legend. Um, but, uh, 
they're doing the uh, touch every seat at the Enterprise Center where the Blues play. And if they get the $70,000, of course, they're uh, going to touch every seat. And from what Shelley said, they've said like they're, they haven't announced the total that they're at at the moment. They're, I guess, waiting till the end, which is, I guess, I think they said September 13th or something like that. Um, I'll have to look it up. There's a, I want to say it's the 13th. Here we go. It's uh, on here somewhere. Here we go. Punishment and fundraiser, of course. It is, they're shooting for 70 grand. I'm thinking they're going to get over 70 grand. September 14th. It's Wednesday, September 14th. That's when they're going to, uh, well, I guess that would be the day. If they get that money by Wednesday, September 14th, then they're going to touch every seat at the Enterprise Center. Of course, that was Jeff's, supposed to be Jeff's punishment for the real or fake challenge, the last one that he uh, failed at, and he was already too unhealthy to do so. But, uh, of course, you can buy a shirt uh, with either a uh, text that just says Jeff Burton forever or uh, the cartoon caricature of Jeff with the word legend right underneath it. And, of course, Shelly and I both bought a legend shirt. So that uh, go to help Jeff's family, which uh, I feel good for uh, making a bit of a contribution there. Um, of course, you go if you want to help out, you can go over to the uh, 1057thepoint.com, uh, go to the Rizzuto Show tab, and then uh, find the link on there for that, the Touch Every Seat. And then, uh, of course, they take Venmo, too. There's a Venmo thing set up. But... Uh, <coughs> But yeah, I got that, and as well as uh, ordering that shirt, I did some work on the room in there by, uh, of course, buying a, uh, well, I guess it's gonna considered a shadow box, but a frame slash shadow box for uh, my Tom and Jeff podcast shirt that I've got from back in, back in the Tom and Jeff podcast, which is over a decade ago now, man. It was fucking, or right around a decade ago. It was fucking legendary. Um, but I, I put the shirt in a frame. I was afraid to wash it again because the text on there is already so worn. I wore the shit out of that shirt when I got it. I wore that shirt all the fucking time. And uh, it's in a frame now. And, of course, I've got a tool poster and Adam Jones uh, that looks like a comic book that says uh, Lateralis on it. I got those two in pu- on pu- in. The poster frames, those two posters and frames on the wall, <laughs> and then uh, in the middle of the those two posters, I put up my uh, <coughs> Tom and Jeff shirt in its frame, and then I've got uh, the styrofoam. Well, not styrofoam, but uh, <coughs> I've got foam on the walls, acoustic foam, to around the Tom and Jeff shirt to kind of help deaden some of the sounds. So hopefully next time we're recording there that, uh, it won't be so echoey. Although the posters, I wish they were fucking canvas and not like a glass frame because the sound will still bounce off those, unfortunately. But the, the foam hopefully will kill some of it. And I need to do that like all over the, the room, but I want to get more art and stuff to put up on the walls to do so. 
Well, you know, it would be great to have that in Canvas, but Canvas is fucking expensive. <laughs> Canvas will uh, deaden the sound a lot better. And also, if you get a thick frame Canvas, you can stick uh, either like towels or uh, insulation in the back of there, and it'll also help uh, uh, work for uh, sound and everything, deadening sound. And uh, but uh, but again, yeah, that's. Hopefully one day it'll it'll look better, but it's it's looking not, the one wall in there where I've got the tool posters plus the uh, Tom and Jeff Show podcast shirt. It's looking pretty nice. Looking pretty nice. I w- would like to get some LED lights to wrap around it too as well. That'd be that'd be something. I really enjoy spending time in that room though because I play a lot of guitar these days. As I'm really rocking a lot of Adam Jones. I may not have that fucking guitar, but god damn it. <laughs> I've learned how to play quite a bit of a fucking tool <laughs> on the guitar anyway. So if and when I ever get that, I will know how to play a song or two by Mr. Adam Jones. Because so, hopefully, you know, if I get that, you know, I'd like to do an unboxing video and then uh, do a little uh, tool medley in the video at the end with the Adam Jones signature. <laughs> Just for the fact that, yeah, I know that if I put that out there, and especially on Instagram, because Adam Jones is all over fucking Instagram. He's on there a lot. And uh, I know that if I tag that motherfucker in it, he'd probably see it. And there's a good chance, like, he'd comment or, you know, re- just, like, do a... In his story, he'd probably put a, a picture of it up in his story. I mean, fucking... I, that would be like, holy shit, Adam Jones for a half a second. <laughs> Realized my existence. <laughs> There's something special about that. You know, people that you've looked up to and you've enjoyed their work and everything, when they uh, <clears throat> show a little attention, I guess, to you and everything, it's just like, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And uh, <clears throat> just think, that makes me think of Mr. Jeff Burton, too. Of course, when I met him, he couldn't have been more cool. And uh, <clears throat> when you can do that for somebody... And uh, that's that's a pretty cool thing. As I don't know if I were to ever actually be famous and everything, I don't know that I could be a cool dude all the time. <laughs> I'm a weird person, and if you know you meet me in person, I'm just kind of weird. <laughs> I don't necessarily be to be an asshole. I'm just socially awkward a lot of times. Sometimes you know I just don't feel like talking a whole lot. <laughs> and, then there's times, you know, where I'm like, uh, I won't shut up. And, uh, I, you know, just like a uh, cool dude. Mainly when I'm drunk. Like when there's alcohol flowing, which is less and less now. I barely drink at all. But uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, I don't know. I feel like if like I ever was like a famous musician or something, I'm afraid like uh, I, I would feel terrible, though, if, you know, people had like bad stories about me. I mean, they wouldn't have, like, Liam Gallagher stories about me. <laughs> Which I guess if that guy, you know, could still have a ton of fans, I guess I shouldn't really be that concerned. But really, I'd you know, I'd be feel bad, though, even if, like, one person I found out. Like, I think if I were to become famous for anything, like, I, it would be rough for me to read all the comments. Because, you know, eventually somebody's going to have something bad to say about you. And it, it would just, like... uh <laughs> That would be the only shit I would dwell on. You know, there could be 100,000 people to say good things, 
but then like four people said some bad shit <laughs> and I'm going to I'm just only going to hear the bad shit <laughs> and it's really going to fuck with me <clears throat> as uh that's just I don't know that's just kind of I'm you yeah. <laughs> know anyway um I am looking forward to uh, the Andor series that uh, I believe coming down coming out soon I think as uh I've been watching of course She-Hulk as uh that has uh that's been pretty solid I'm trying to see when the fucking release date is on this uh <clears throat> do, 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 do. here we go really no that doesn't September 21st so yeah we're just a couple of weeks away from Andor's release but uh, She-Hulk's been pretty entertaining. I think Tatiana Maslany is good. I enjoy her. I think the CG on her looks a little weird. Which I... It's kind of like a thing I've had with... Which it's funny that this bothers me with the Hulk. But like when uh, Eric Bana played the Hulk, I thought the CG in that one was... Of course, this is a long time ago now. But that one, the CG in that movie really bothered me. <laughs> And Nick Dolte crying, I thought, was really fucking funny in that movie. It didn't help that the first time I went and saw that movie, or I saw it in the theater originally, and there was a cricket in there the whole time. And we could all fucking hear the cricket the whole time. It really kind of ruined the experience. Um, But, man, yeah, there was some shitty uh, CG in that. And that really... I, by the time the Edward Norton movie came out, which I really enjoyed that one. I thought Edward Norton uh, was really good as David Banner. And <clears throat> I thought that one was fantastic. I was I was saddened whenever they uh, recast uh, Mark Ruffalo. And they're all, I like Mark Ruffalo, um, but I really liked Edward Norton and uh, his uh, Incredible Hulk. And uh, <clears throat> anyway... <laughs> It's funny that I would get bothered by bad CG on the Hulk because I grew up loving and watching the Incredible Hulk TV show with uh, Bill Bixby as David Banner and, of course, Mr. Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk where he was just painted green. (laughs) I mean, they did like a real, they just painted his ass green. I watched that. I was totally fine with that. I loved it. I fucking loved it. And yet the Hulk, you know, a bad computer rendering of the Hulk. And I'm like, ugh, this is terrible. But I mean, Lou Ferrigno, dude, there's not many physiques out there like that. He looked like a fucking Hulk. All you got to do is paint him a little green. (laughs) He just looked fucking... He probably still looks pretty good. I mean, he's got to be like in his fucking 70s or something now. He's got to be up there. But, man, that guy's... I remember watching him, like, bend bars and stuff. Like, re- in real life, when he would do the strongman competitions and shit. Dude was a total fucking beast. But, uh... So far, the the She-Hulk's not bad. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like they could... Give us more. The, they've been real short episodes, I feel like. And I like having Tim Roth in there. As uh, they've had, you know, qu- uh, several cameos already. Like Wong is in there. Fucking 
Tim Roth is uh I forgot uh Anni- was it Annihilation? What are Abomination. Abomination. That's his character's name. When he hits I don't remember his <laughs> real character name, but Abomination is the the Hulk that he turns into. That of course was in the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie as uh I almost feel like they should have done like a when they did the, like the multiverse stuff. Maybe they can still do this with the multiverse situation. Is have Edward Norton as David Banner? <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Throw him back in there. Why not? Um, uh, just like they did with Spider Man, you know, they they could do that. That'd be fine. Do this, Marvel. Why not? Uh, and or man, I really love Rogue One. And or it's just I I am pretty excited for that. I I'm I'm curious to see what other I of course I would imagine they're gonna have some kind of cameos. I don't know what all cameos are gonna be in there. Forrest Whitaker I'm pretty sure is gonna have a pretty big part. Of course he was in Rogue One and uh, he was a, a rebel leader and he was more of a into like guerrilla warfare and stuff. More of an extremist compared to the rest of the rebels. And, uh, I don't know, there could be, you know, the, the, it's endless, that time period, like, who could be in there? I mean, there could be some Mandalorian action that could have been before, you know, he, uh, because that was before Mandalorian took place, but it would only be, I mean, he'd be a bit younger. I'm not sure how many years after, like, a new hope the Mandalorian is, but I would imagine the Mando is, is still a thing around then. And I feel like he, Din Djarin is just a huge, huge part of, uh, Disney's new success with these shows. Holy fucking shit. Um, that episode of the book of Boba Fett, I think the best one is like when the fucking Mandalorian comes back into it. Holy fucking shit. That, just like it felt so good. Din, I've gotten such a love for Mr. Pedro Pascal and his uh, Din Djarin. As, uh, it's so nice. So nice. So it, it'd be good to see him. Just maybe even in passing in an episode. He's just hunting somebody. And boom, there's Din Djarin. You know? During the Empire's reign. Or, I mean, you could have Ahsoka in there. You could have uh, quite a few people. There's there's a lot of people that are still alive that are, are big Star Wars characters that could definitely be in there. And uh, I was going to say, well, yeah, Yoda can't unless he's a Force ghost. <laughs> I doubt we're going to see a whole lot in the way of Jedi. Because, uh, you know, the people that were involved with the Rebellion didn't really, I don't think, were that much in touch with Jedi. I mean, there could be, I guess, somebody that knows Ahsoka. Um, actually, I think Forrest Whitaker's character during the Clone Wars may have come into contact with Ahsoka. Don't quote me on that. I know he was in the Clone Wars. The show, that is. So, I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. As uh, I mean, there's there's still a lot of good Star Wars out there. As uh, it's good to have shit to look forward to watching. As also, man, I, we're a ways off, but man, I I can't wait to see that fucking Stranger Things season five 
which I believe is going to be the last one. Uh, I'm thinking they'll bring back Eddie somehow. He's such a big character. Um, there's a lot of love for him, him playing the master of puppets. And it's a shame that the town thinks he's all this monster serial killer. There's <laughs> thinking he killed Chrissy and, and all, you know, it'd be good for him to have a bit of a swan song as somehow to somehow come back. And, but I mean, he would, he did die a hero if he did die in season four as, uh, it was kind of cool to see, uh, Metallica get some love too, from the whole stranger things thing, as well as they just finally actually put out an official video for master of puppets after that whole thing, which is a fucking good video. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, the master of puppets video, which that, uh, I'm not like a huge Metallica fan. I know, uh, Growing up, I had friends that were big fans of Metallica, and I was just kind of, you know, when the Black Album came out, and uh, I, I, <laughs> I opted to not be a fan just because, like, the, all my friends at the time, like, were, were so into it, and especially the Black Album. The Black Album's definitely still, I mean, there's some some good stuff on there, but, like, if, if I'm going to pick Metallica to listen to, man, I'm going fucking Master of Puppets. That shit. Got some good shit, dude. Fucking Battery. Master of Puppets. That shit's hard to play. Dude, fuck. James Hetfield is uh, quite the uh, down picker, man. It's the speed that it takes to uh, be able to play that right is... Uh, it's, it's, it's a fucking exercise for your arm, man. Fucking exercise. <laughs> but, uh... Anywho... Um... Yeah, is uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other shows I've really been watching, but not not really. I mean, I've kind of watched a documentary or two. I mean, really, the Oasis rabbit hole <laughs> led me down to just watching a bunch of shit on Oasis. I actually uh, need to look it up there. I know there's a in 2016 they put out a doc called Supersonic about Oasis, but I have not seen it. I do need to find that one. Although I feel like the rabbit hole I've went down this last week that I've uh, I've got all the oasis that I can, I feel like I really need. I don't I don't uh think that I'm going to uh find a whole lot of new shit in there and although maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh maybe I can watch video of Noel and Liam just beating the living shit out of each other, you know? They should just fucking get back together and just have a fight. Don't play music. Let's just have a fucking fight. I think that's what they need. Do almost like a bum fights thing. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like Liam Gallagher, you could probably still find him like sleeping in a gutter somewhere from like a drunken fucking binge. Just find him and then like take Noel <laughs> and just like fucking somebody hit one with a bottle of beer and just make it look like it was the other one. Just have them go at it. Like, just have them just destroy each other. Then, you know, maybe they'll love each other again afterwards and, like, want to sing after they've, you know, caved in each other's skulls. It's possible. (laughs) It's possible. I mean, after the whole Cricket Bat thing, like, they they put out their best album. I mean, they were working on their very best album whenever Noel hit Liam upside the head with a fucking Cricket Bat. I'd imagine, you know, I don't know how hard he hit him, but it's a fucking Cricket Bat. (laughs) Wouldn't take much to really fuck somebody up with a cricket bat. 
you know, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> just saying, maybe they just need to beat the shit out of each other, like physically, and then it'll all be good. Maybe Liam should just let Noel hit him again with a bat, <laughs> and maybe he'd be cool with that. It's like here, uh, you know, we put out our best album after that. You, uh, you just hit me upside the skull, right? One more time. Let's just <laughs> for shits and giggles, <laughs> and then, uh, then we'll uh, do another album. You know, whatever <laughs> or not, it would really wouldn't upset me if Oasis never got back together. But uh, I mean, they're they're both like in their fifties now. I don't think they're gonna. You know, probably put out like their best work in their life. You know, it's few musicians continue to perform at peak level at that age. Though you know, Tool. I mean, they're they've got Danny's sixty, Maynard's right around it, Adam's like fifty seven, fifty eight, something like that. And uh, man, they I mean, they just put out their highest selling album of all time. I mean, these guys are not fucking around of course they go you know over a decade in between albums <laughs> but uh, so they're not really knocking out of the park as far as uh, a massive amount of production you know producing a lot of songs i mean they they spend a lot of hours working on the one album but uh i guess when you spend 12 years on an album maybe you know it'll sound good and that's part of the thing <laughs> uh I don't see Oasis doing that. I feel like they're going to, if they ever record again, they're, they're going to maybe want to spend five minutes together. But again, if Noel's writing everything, then you just need Liam to come in and not be drunk for a part of a day, right? To knock out the vocals. <laughs> Unless he just takes a obscene amount of takes. I don't know. So, <laughs> I don't think Liam can quite sing quite like he once did though. Is, I, he doesn't seem like a guy that's really done a lot to save his voice. Though he's back to playing in uh, big stadiums and shit, though. So he's gotten better than than he was there for a while. So I think he's done a little bit of work on it. But again, he's quite the alcoholic and such. He's not taking care of his voice like Manor James Keenan is. So I get. I guess I'm about done here. Is there's really not much left to say. Hopefully uh get uh, some more people back out to the uh, Slapbox penthouse here is like I'm kind of excited how the studio is finally starting to come to come together there or uh, whatever you want to call it in that other room <laughs> is there it's like just one wall looks cool just don't look at the rest of the room at the moment you know keep keep your eyes away from there and then just focus on that one wall one wall looks nice you got Adam Jones. You got some tool poster up there, the uh from Ten Thousand Days. And uh little Tom and Jeff shirt. But uh that's that's all I have. Uh as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. 